Hello and welcome this morning. We are grateful for your presence. We're going to be looking at Luke 16 in just a moment. Thank you for being here. We are so glad that you have chosen to be here this morning. We hope and pray that our time together will be beneficial to each and every one. We're always thankful to those who visit our services from week to week. If you are visiting, please know that you're an honored guest. We'd love to have you come back. If you are looking for a church home, as always, we invite you to consider the work here. Thankful for the opportunity to be together today, a beautiful autumn day. And we're so grateful for the opportunity we have each week to sing praise to God, to pray, to study, partake of the Lord's Supper, to give of our means, and we do not take these blessings lightly. And so for that, we're very grateful. I want to direct your attention this morning in our study to Luke chapter 16. The theme of our study today, a voice from beyond the grave. Have you ever wondered what it will be like when you step out into eternity? You know, there are a lot of questions that many of us have. Some wonder, how will I die? When will I die? What will it be like when I leave this earth and step out into eternity? Many of those questions are answered. Some, we won't know until we step out onto the plains of eternity. In Luke 16, we have a record of the veil being lifted, and we are privileged to look into what is often called the Hadean realm. Jesus here provides us with insight into this realm that we call Hades, the unseen. Whether we like it or not, unless Jesus comes in our lifetime we will one day reside in the Hadean world. So you ask the question, what will it be like? Well, to understand that you're going to be in one of two places, the abode of the righteous or the abode of the unrighteous. In our lesson today, I want to focus on one of the characters mentioned in this particular story, the rich man. I want to begin by calling your attention to his character. You know, we talk a lot about how character counts. Well, it does. Whether you realize it or not, you are developing character in your life. And when people think about your name, there are certain attributes that come to mind. Listen to what is said, beginning in verse 19. Here's what Jesus said. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell down from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So number one, as we think about the character of the rich man, well, one thing that Jesus said, here's a man who lived in luxury. Are we blessed in this country today? You think about of all the places in the world that you could live, 
to be born in America, a land that has enjoyed prosperity for many, many years. If you and I were to go around the world and go to some of the third world countries, one of the things that we would come away with is this. We are blessed immeasurably in this country. The poorest of the poor in this country are richer than people in third world countries. When we were in Jamaica not long ago, a couple of years ago, one of the things that stood out, those people who lived on that island, they have no welfare system. They have no government benefits. If you want to eat, you better go to work. And you better find a way to put food on your table. All the blessings and favors that we enjoy in this country. Now the Bible talks about this man who was living a life of luxury. Matter of fact, down in verse 25, Jesus said he enjoyed good things. He had a good life. You know, many of us, we have a good life, don't we? There are many, many people in our world today. They've got the large home and the nice, the nice automobiles. They have the finest clothes. They've got everything the world could offer, don't they? That's really a picture of the rich man. This guy had it all. I mean, in our day and time, we would say, here's a man of wealth. The problem, however, in looking at his life is that he was self-absorbed. It was all about himself. One concerned about other people. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about this beggar, a fellow by the name of Lazarus who was looking forward to the crumbs that fell from his table. You think this guy cared about the poor? Absolutely not. Didn't the Apostle Paul say, charge them that are rich in this present world, that they trust not in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives to all men liberally? And then he goes on to say that those blessings that the rich enjoy, that would be us, were to use those things to do good, to distribute to the poor. We have a responsibility whether we realize it or not. Paul said, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. In Galatians 6.10. Here's a guy that wasn't concerned about the plight of other people. The only thing he was concerned about was himself. So you look at this guy living the life of luxury. But then what about his legacy? I mean, when you read the narration set forth by Jesus, not a lot said about his life, but there are things that we can infer, can't we? I said a minute ago, he was self-absorbed. He knew Lazarus had needs. He wasn't worried about that. Wasn't concerned about his medical condition. I mean, the dogs were licking this man's sores. Here was a guy that could have rendered aid to a fellow human being, but was just unconcerned. Did you know that as you live here on planet Earth, you are developing a legacy? There will come a time when we're no longer on Earth. And people will, re will reflect back on our life and they'll say, you remember so-and-so. And there are certain things that will come to mind, won't they? He or she was a loving person, a compassionate individual. 
Here's somebody that exemplified kindness and tenderness of heart. Here was somebody who was generous, would give you the clothes off their back. Here's an individual that lived a faithful, godly Christian life. Is that you? Flip side is, somebody might look back on our time here on earth, and they might say, you know, I remember, I remember him. I remember her. And she was curt. And she was always gossiping and talking about other people. He was always involved in other people's affairs, sticking his nose in places, had no business. I remember him. I remember how he lacked a charitable spirit. I remember how he lived. So what about you? When you look back over your life as we stand right now, what kind of legacy do you have? You know, Solomon said a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. So what you do today is developing your legacy. Whether you like it or not, you are writing a book, so to speak, on your life. So we have the rich man's life. But then, note if you would, his crossing over from this life. Note what the text says. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now listen to this. The rich man also died and was buried. There are two things that stand out here. Number one, the brevity of his life. Now Jesus didn't say how long this man lived. But it really doesn't matter because when it's all said and done in comparison to eternity, Life is viewed as a vapor. James said it appears for a little while and then vanishes away. In Psalm 89, the psalmist said in the long ago, Remember how short my time is. Moses said in Psalm chapter 90 that we might live to be 70 or 80 years of age. But he said it's soon cut off and we fly away. Let me tell you what, you'll be 70 before you know it. There are people here today, some of you here today, you're already 70 or above. Some are above 80. But it seems like yesterday that you were a young man, a young woman. Probably seems like yesterday that you had a small family, doesn't it? That's how quickly life moves. So we talk about the brevity of life, and here's the key. In light of how short life is, we ought to make preparation for the next life, shouldn't we? I mean, right now we have the time and opportunity to live so that one day we don't have to worry about where we're going to be. We'll know. We can know that we have life eternal with Almighty God. Here's what the Bible says. Jesus said, except you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. Well, how am I to understand that? Well, exactly what the Lord said. Unless you believe that He is the divine Son of God, He said, you'll die in your sins. And if you die in your sins, He said, where I am, there you cannot come. So we can't afford not to put our faith and trust in Jesus, the very Son of God. And then Paul said, when he was in the city of Athens, that God commands all men everywhere to repent. 
That is a universal command. It's not about what I want, what I think, but rather it's about what God says. God says, I want you to live for me. Matter of fact, the Bible says God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God is interested in the souls of people. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. The promise being, I'll give you rest. So we have the opportunity as we are here today to hear the gospel one more time. To put into action what we know the Bible says to do. And that is, we are to repent of our sins, confess His name, just as the eunuch did, recorded by Luke in Acts 8, verse 37. We are to be baptized into Jesus Christ for salvation, Mark 16, 16. For the remission of our sins, Acts 2, verse 38. Wherein the Lord will put us in the church, His body. And the only place where salvation resides is in Christ and in the church of Christ. How do I know that? Because Paul said in Ephesians 5, verse 23, Jesus is the Savior of the body, and the body's the church, and there's just one church, Matthew 16, 18. Now listen very carefully. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus, repented of your sins, confessed His name, and been baptized into Christ, you're not a part of His body. And if you're not a part of His body, you're not among the saved. And if you're not among the saved, you're going to hear the words, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So number one, you need to be in Christ. Number two, you need to be faithful to Christ. Now there are a lot of folks, they've been baptized into Christ. The problem is not that they haven't obeyed the gospel. The problem is they're not faithful to the Lord. They have heart problems. You know, we have a role that we keep here at Olive Branch. And we have every single person's name on that role. Your name's on it. If you're a member of this congregation, your name is on that role. So let me ask you a question. Are you on track to go to heaven? If you're not faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, let me just tell you right up front, you are not going to heaven. If you're not living as God has set forth in the Scriptures, you won't make it. You can get mad if you want to, but I'm just telling you the truth. Paul said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth. I think sometimes we have sold ourselves that we can live and do as we please and we'll go to heaven. Let me tell you what, that is not true. Paul said, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to every man instructing us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Listen, if you think you can just come punch your ticket every Sunday morning and you're going to heaven, I've got news for you. It's more than just coming to worship on the first day of the week. It's about living a godly life in Christ Jesus. I know that there are a lot of things that are going on in our country today, a lot of problems. And there are a lot of folks that are concerned about the future. You might have a lot of concerns, and those concerns might be real. But what you really need to be concerned about is your eternal soul. The Bible says the rich man died, 
And the Bible says he lifted up his eyes in torment. Now you just think about that for a minute. So when you think about your soul today, are you in good standing with the Lord? Are you in fellowship with Him? Now we talked about the character of the rich man and the crossing over of the rich man. Listen, the brevity of life. But then, note if you would, his burial after life. I can just imagine what an ornate tomb he might have had. And all the mourners, and all the people talking about, oh, what a great person this was, and what a great man he was, and how wealthy he was, how extravagant his lifestyle was. Let me tell you what. If that's all you've got to boast about, you don't have a lot to boast about. This man died and was buried. And that's not the rest of the story. So now, let me ask this question. What about his condition? You ever thought about that? What about the rich man's condition? Listen, if you would, to what the text says. This is what Jesus said. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now listen to this, verse 23. And being in torments in Hades... He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you receive your good things, likewise Lazarus, evil things. And now he is comforted and you are tormented. Let me tell you what, this guy was in misery. Now, I know what a lot of folks think in our world today. I have heard the jokes about hell. And I have heard people talk about hell and diminish the effects of that abode. And let me tell you what, it is as advertised. If anything, it will be far worse than what the Scripture says. This man said, I am tormented in this flame. Can you imagine your only thought is just a small drop of water to cool my tongue? Can you imagine driving down Pleasant Hill this week? And you're on your way to work or school. And you have an accident just like that. And you go from Pleasant Hill to the Hadean Realm. Gone. You're not coming back. You're gone. So if that happened, where would you be? Where would you be? Now Lazarus, he was in the bosom of Abraham. He was in a place of comfort. Oh, the rich man, not so. Let me just say this. There is not one person in our world today if he or she knew what hell was really like. Not a single person would want to go there. 
there would be people obeying the gospel in droves. There would be people who would be faithful to God. And you think about the imagery that Jesus uses to describe Gehenna, the hell of fire. That garbage dump just outside Jerusalem. If you don't think hell is bad, let me encourage you to do this. Go home today, turn the eye of your stove on high, and put your hand down and hold it there as long as you can. How long do you think you could hold it there? Look, Jesus isn't playing. There are folks in our world today, they think He's playing. They have this idea that they can just live as they please and everybody's going to be saved. Not so. Jesus said, where the worm dies not, listen to Him, and the fire is not quenched. So number one, His misery. Number two, His memory. Do you remember what Jesus said? Son, remember. Remember that you in your lifetime received good things and Lazarus evil things for eternity. You will reflect upon missed opportunities. You know, there are people that have been in these pews and they have heard the gospel time and again. They are now in eternity. But they didn't die in Christ. They didn't die faithful to the Lord. So where are they? Where are they? Where will you be? When you step out into eternity, where will you be? I can only imagine thinking throughout all of eternity, I should have obeyed the gospel. I should have gotten my life right. I should have been faithful to the Lord. I knew what the Bible said. I knew that Jesus said I need to believe in Him, repent of my sins, confess His name, and be baptized into Christ, but I never did it. And now I'm among the lost forevermore. And let me ask you this. If you go to hell, who are you going to take with you? Listen, if you go to hell, in all probability, you will take somebody with you. Did you know that? Flip side is, if you go to heaven, you'll probably take somebody with you to heaven. The haunting, searing thought. I knew the truth. I knew what God said, and I ignored it over and over and over again. And now I'm out in eternity, and I'm lost, and there's nothing I can do to change that. Let's just imagine you stand before the Lord one day, and you never obeyed the God. What are you going to tell Him? Lord, I knew the gospel. Could I have just one more chance? I'm going to tell you what, hell is full of people who believe in the Lord today. Hell is full of people that had obeyed the gospel and then went back into the world. 
They had this idea they're going to get things right at some point in time in, in the future. And guess what? That time never came. Now they're out on the plains of eternity and they are lost forevermore. Do you know what it means to be lost forevermore? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever? Do you understand that? I don't want you to leave here today if you're not a Christian. I do not want you to leave here thinking that you're okay. If you're not faithful to the Lord, I don't want you to leave here thinking that you're right with God because you're not. Now, you might not like the message. I understand. This is a hard lesson. But listen, sometimes hard lessons need to be preached. There are folks that need to be awakened out of their spiritual slumber. Some folks need to have their cage rattled, if you know what I mean. And sometimes the only thing that will do it is to just be dead on honest and tell people. You know, we live in a day and time when people, they talk about political correctness and cancel culture and all this kind of stuff. Listen, the Word of God is what it is and it is not changing. That's the truth of the matter. Here's what the psalmist said, Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. God's Word is not changing for me, for you, or anybody else. And Jesus said, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? In your name cast out demons. In your name done many mighty works. And Jesus said, I'll say, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire. Listen. The time to get it right is now. The time to make things right with Almighty God is today. Paul said, today's the day of salvation. I'm not saying these things to hurt you. My goal is to help you. My intent is to point you in the direction of heaven. Look, God loves you. And God wants you to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. So what about the rich man's concern? Did he have some concerns? Listen to what the record says. Pick up, if you would, in verse 27. I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him, that is Lazarus, to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them. Now listen to this. Lest they also come to this place of torment. What was his request? He knew he had some brothers. And he knew unless something changed in their lives, they were destined to be with him in the abode of the unrighteous. And his thought was, I don't want them where I am. So what's the application to us today? I have heard people say, you know what, I would become a Christian. Matter of fact, let me just tell you this. I knew a lady years ago. She was as faithful to attend worship services as some of our own members. She was a member of a denomination. And she engaged in a series of studies with one of the elders in the congregation. 
At the conclusion of the studies, here's what she said. I made my mama a deathbed promise that I would never go into the church of Christ. Let that sink in for a minute. She heard the gospel, and yet her allegiance was to whom? Not to the Lord, but to her mama. You know, here's what Jesus said. He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Boy, that's tough, isn't it? That's hard. If you don't love the Lord more than you love your own family members, Jesus said, you're not worthy of me. Now, you know, I've got a mama, and she's been good to me all these years. And, you know, if I know, if I know anything about a mother, I know that a mother wants the very best for her children, right? Would you agree with that? So let's just say that, let's just say hypothetically, your mother's lost. Your mother loved you, didn't she? She sacrificed on your behalf. She did everything she could to make life good for you. She cared about you. She expressed her love for you time and again. So let's just say that she's lost. Do you really believe in your heart of hearts that she would want you do you really think that she would want you to stay outside the Lord and outside the church? I don't believe that for a minute. No, I think if anything, if we had a mama who was lost and she could talk to us, here's what she would say. You better obey the gospel and you better do it today. You better be faithful to God and I mean be faithful day in and day out. Well, the rich man, he worried concerned because he had some brothers that were on their way. I said a minute ago if you're lost in all probability you're going to take some folks with you. Now you think about it as a parent. You didn't teach your child the gospel. You weren't faithful to worship. You weren't involved in the work of the church. And then as your children grow they're not faithful. They're not involved or maybe they never obeyed the gospel. And then you wake up and you say, you know what, I need to be faithful to God. Well, that's good. But what about your children? Might be you don't wake up. You just live unfaithfully. And as a result of that, you die unfaithful to God. You step out into eternity. You're lost and you know that haunting feeling. My children, my grandchildren, they're on the way where I am. Think you'd want that? I don't think you would. I don't think any of us would want that. So what about the reply given by the Lord here? Listen to what Jesus said. They have Moses and the prophets. Now listen to this. Let them hear them. He said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rise from the dead. What's the point, Jesus? You've got the Bible in your hands. This book is as transparent as it can be. 
If you're going to be saved, you're going to be saved because you believe what this book teaches. And you're going to honor it day in and day out, and you're going to live by it. Look, there's not going to be anybody from the dead coming back to warn you about eternity. To talk to you about the dangers of hell and the torment of hell. Not going to happen. You've got this book. Now here's the question. Are you going to obey it? You obey it, God will bless you. You disobey it, let me tell you what, the wrath of God will abide on you. Remember what Jesus said, or rather what Paul said about Jesus in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1? That the Lord would be revealed from heaven in flaming fire. Listen to this. Rendering vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are you saying, Paul? He's saying if you don't obey the gospel, and you don't live for God day in and day out, you've got, you've got something to be worried about. You'll be lost. I'm going to close today by asking you this question. You're going to die. That's a fact. We're all going to die. When we step out into eternity, if if we were to step out into eternity today, number one, where would we be? If perchance we could communicate with our loved ones, what would we say? All is well? Or would we say, don't make the same mistake I made? You're here today you have the opportunity to become a child of God today. Might not have tomorrow. Might not have this afternoon. So if you believe Jesus to be the Son of God, what would keep you from walking down this aisle and obeying the gospel today? If you're here today and you're not faithful to His cause and you're going to go out and get in your automobile and go home, eat lunch, watch football, and enjoy the afternoon. I'm telling you what, man, you're taking a big chance. Do you realize that if you die unfaithful to God, you'll be lost for all of eternity? The Bible says, come. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 22, blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may Enter into the gates of the city. Won't you live for God day in and day out? Listen, if you haven't obeyed the gospel, do it today. If you're unfaithful, please come home. We stand and sing.